listening to the Niners Sports Talk. I'm your host, Sam Perry, joined by guest host, Billy McGee, who's a staff writer for the Niner Times Sports section. Billy, thanks for coming on to talk about Charlotte Athletics today. Thank you for having me. And today we're going to be giving a rundown on all things Charlotte sports. Um, we're going to begin with the, probably the biggest news over the weekend when Charlotte's men's soccer team became American Athletic Conference champion over the weekend, and they're going to compete in the College Cup and on Thursday night. And later on in the episode, two um, players from Charlotte's club hockey team are going to join us, talk about their outdoor classic game at Truist Field on Friday night. Let's just get started talking about men's soccer. So, Billy, in the two games they played in the AAC championship tournament, um, what did you see from the team? Well, they scored five goals across the two games, and all of them were from a different player. So having a variety of goal scorers really helps with Pilcher and Morales scoring the two in the championship game. When you look at the team, they had five different goal scorers. How does that depth make them harder to defend going into Thursday? Well, they've been able to score from the attack, and they've had even defenders score and obviously midfielders score too. When you have Pilcher scoring the first goal in the AAC championship as a defender, and then Morales scores the winner as a midfielder, but then you also have people like Brigham Larson and Philip Yauk who are tied for the team lead in goals in the attack. They both have five. It's just the goals are coming from everywhere. When you look at that win over SMU, ranked number two at the time when they won, and you look, they played them earlier in the year and they lost. How big is the momentum from that win going to be going into the NCAA tournament? The momentum's huge, like, carrying into the tournament because the game you lost earlier in the season, it was shortened. You didn't get to play the final 10 minutes of the game due to weather. And they only had, I believe, one shot on goal in that game. So then going back to the same place, playing at SMU again for the AAC championship, and you this time have 11 total shots and six on goal, which is pretty close to what SMU had in the game, too and your only goal you allowed was a penalty. So in open play, you didn't allow a goal. So that's huge for the momentum going forward and hosting High Point tonight. Um, speaking about the team with High Point, what changes do you think they need to make to win? What does Charlotte have to do? Well, if Charlotte can just play defense the way they have this whole season, they are they have allowed the fourth fewest goals in the country. They've only allowed 12. They've scored 33. So they have a very high, like they, I believe they rank 12th, in goal differential in the entire country. And they're very high in RPI, so they're a very good team. When you look at High Point's team, they've played some really good teams this season, and in the tournament they won in overtime and then on penalty kicks. How do you, as a Charlotte, how do you try and mitigate that clutch factor they have? And also you look at their player, Jefferson Amaya, who's got five goals and six assists. How do you try and contain him in this matchup tonight? Well, you try and contain them. Charlotte's defense has faced some good players in the attack this season, even with uh, Jeldrick Dahlman at SMU. He scored 13 goals this season, and they held him to just one penalty kick goal in the AAC championship. So the defense, if they continue to play the way they've played this season, they should be able to limit Amaya. And then High Point's experience playing against some of the top teams in the country. They had an exhibition game against North Carolina that they won 2-1. And in their regular season, they played the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, Marshall, and lost 2-1 there. And then they also played Virginia, who was the number seven seed in the tournament, and they lost that game 3-1. So having this experience in big games against these big-time opponents will be key for High Point. Yeah, they're bringing a lot of experience and some clutch factor to them. Be a, should make up for a good matchup tonight at Transamerica Field. Kickoff for that game's at 7 o'clock. Looking back to this weekend, Charlotte football, they had a massive game against Memphis, which one of the powerhouses of the conference, and 
they lost in overtime. What did you see from the team in that game? Well, the offense was really starting to click in that game. And Hassan Wilson had a breakout game with 198 yards and three touchdowns whenever he had previously had one carry in his career. So that was big for the team. They, they've had career highs in five straight games for rushing, which is huge. And to score 38 points against a team like Memphis, who is now sitting with an 8-2 and two record, and to take them to overtime is big. All season, offensive coordinator Mike Miller has been talking about loving the process for his offense. It's been a slow start to the year, but he's always talked about if you love the process enough, it'll eventually love you back. I think you're starting to see that from the team. They can just take away the turnovers and the penalties. Penalties were killer this game. If they can manage that, they're about to make of a really good team. And this weekend, they host Rice for Senior Day. What do you see from Rice, and what do you expect this game to have in the last game at Jerry Richardson Stadium this season? Well, Rice has a couple of big-name players with a former national champion JT Daniels playing quarterback for them. And then they also have Christian McCaffrey's brother, Luke McCaffrey, who has had 10 touchdowns at receiver for them this year. So they have a couple of big-time players there. Looking at that game, it's going to be a mixed bag of emotions, according to Coach Poggi. You know, senior day, you're happy to see these guys grow up. They're going to be moving on. I think we got 19 seniors being honored. But also the emotions, you're excited for them to be graduating, but also sad to see them go. So it would be interesting to see if the team can mitigate those emotions and play a really good game of football with their last home game of the year. Moving on to men's basketball, they started off the season with a 69-52 to win against Maine in Halton Arena before going on to play Liberty in Spectrum Center where they lost 71-59. to And Sam, what did you see from the team so far this year? Um, I think you look at the main game, you saw a team that was still growing. They played well offensively. Nick Graves, who got the start for the first time in his career, led the team in scoring. I think he's going to be a big addition to this team, getting more playing time from last year. Then you look at the Liberty game. Liberty's a really good team. They've had a lot of success in recent years, and I think this is a good measuring stick game for – Coach Fern and his staff as they look to build and grow the new culture with him taking over the team. And I think one of the real stars of that game was Igor Milicic. He played 13 games overseas this offseason. He seems more game-ready than most guys right now. He's playing a lot of inside ball, which he hasn't been asked to do before. So he's looked really well this season. And in that game, what really got them was defensively. Liberty was just too fast for him. Spacing just got to them. They left wide open threes a lot. But in the second half, they really bounced back and were even. Both teams only scoring 36, and they played to the final minute, which I think is very reassuring. I think you see a lot of improvement over the last five days. Coming off that big loss, the team moving in the right direction to improve. But moving on to women's basketball, they opened up their season with a similar loss against a top opponent in NC State. And their last two games, they looked to have clicked and bounced back from that. Billy, I know you were at some of those games. What have you seen from the teams thus far? In the first home game against Tennessee State, they played amazing defensively, holding Tennessee State to just 20.4% shooting from the field. And they had, they also had 19 steals and seven blocks, and they beat them by 49 points. So that was a huge win for them to bounce back from a disappointing result against NC State. And also mentioning offensively, they were very efficient, shooting 50% from the field and 44 0.4% from three. In their following home game against UNC Asheville, both teams kind of struggled in the first half with Charlotte having a nine-point lead at halftime due to a huge difference in free throws being shot, but neither team shot very well in the first half. And in the second half, both teams kind of improved shooting, 
Uh, but Charlotte sort of pull ahead, outscoring Asheville by 10 in the third quarter and eventually winning 67-51. to 51. Um, when you look at those two games that they won, first one they shot really well, second one not so much. What does that say about the team, knowing they can win even when the buckets aren't going their way? Well, it, I think it shows that they can play defensively very well because you look at the first game when it was going their way, and they did have that big win. And they did hold Tennessee State to around 20% shooting from the field. And they did have 19 steals and 7 blocks, causing a lot of turnovers. And then in the following game against Asheville, when the shots aren't falling for them, the defense was still there. They did allow more points in that game, but they did also still play great defense in that game. So far this season, has there been any players on the team that really stood out to you, been contributing really well? Well, obviously, Deja Lawrence has stood out, scoring 26 points against UNC Asheville and scoring 18 against Tennessee State. But another player that has really stood out so far is J.C. Busick, who against Tennessee State was pretty close to getting a triple-double. She had 11 rebounds, 8 points, and 7 assists. And then she also, against UNC Asheville, set her career high with 13 rebounds. Looking into Friday night's matchup against Gardner-Webb, they're the reigning Big South champions. They went undefeated in their conference season. But that team's not the same it was last year. Their coach and all their players, completely different staff. They all left, which will be facing them with Memphis because that's where the coach went. But still, they're a reigning champ. It's a tough opponent either way. What do you hope to see from the team Friday night? Well, I hope to see the team get back to shooting well and just continuing playing the defense that they have over the past two games. Next up is another big event coming to Charlotte this week is the Outdoor Classic, which is Charlotte's club hockey team, will be playing at the Knights Truest Field, hosting App State. So two players from the club hockey team, um, forward Eric Sheehan and defenseman Sean Roach, join us um, to talk about the Outdoor Classic at the Truest Field next Friday. Thank you guys for joining us. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Just getting some questions about the game. Getting to play in it last year against Wake Forest, what was that experience like for you? Far and away, coolest game I've ever played in. Uh, being from Raleigh, I've never played outside or anything like that. So um, being able to have my first outdoor game, especially in the city under the lights in front of all those fans, was far and away, coolest game I ever played in. But yeah, Absolutely unreal. I mean, the view the view of Uptown was just, I mean, I can't even describe it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Can't um, wait to do it again. Getting to experience that last year, App State hasn't gotten to play outdoors yet. Do you think that gives you an advantage coming into the game? I think maybe a little bit. The only the main things that were different about playing indoors and outdoors was just uh, the pucks were a little harder to read just because maybe it's a little more bouncy because of the conditions, things like that. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's just a hockey game. So I think I think it'll be a, a pretty pretty good game this coming Friday. Do you guys have like your own individual ritual you do before the game to get in the zone? I know Eric's pretty crazy on his superstitions. I'm not really the superstitious type. I just try and uh, try to keep it loose, try to make sure I don't go out there overthink, just play hockey. It's why I'm doing it. I I don't exactly know. I, I don't think I could go through everything. It's just small things. I don't even really think about it anymore, but small things just like getting stretching a certain sequence every time, things like that before the game. Uh yeah, I think the list would go on pretty pretty long if I went through everything. But, um, but yeah, just a couple of things just to make it. So I also like to listen to the same songs on the way to the ring, things like that, just to make sure before every game, like, my mind's in the same spot type of thing. So You can't just tell us that and not tell us the playlist. What's, what's on there? We start with Simple Man, uh, then we go Freebird, and then we end it with Stairway to Heaven, and that's 
the exact amount of time it takes to get to the rink. So, uh, so yeah, th- that's the those are the big three. Might have to put in a word with the Knights to play that before the game. Let's get that going. Hey, that would be nice. Hey, I'll take it. What would you consider your individual strengths and the team's strengths coming into Friday? Well, I think individually for me, uh, I would say it's just like my IQ, I'd say. There's my ability to read the game. Um, skill-wise, I have to push that up a little bit, but I definitely see the game well. I think overall, our biggest strength as a team is just uh, just our hard work, our commitment. I feel like when we put in the work and we put in the the effort to win the games I mean we were up there with everyone else yeah I'd agree with that for the team strengths Uh, I think when we when we play to the level we're capable of um, and that we've shown this semester at times um, we could beat anybody but um, it's about maintaining that level of consistency over the course of the whole semester I would say Sean too he's obviously big and fast so every time he sees a lane and just wheels wheels up the ice and makes it a lot easier on the fours just to sort of go with them for me, at least, I would say probably vision and puck handling are, are my two strengths. Uh, just being able to see the passing lanes before they open up and stuff. Uh, backdoors, uh, as the team knows, I haven't, I've missed a lot of backdoors, so they give me a lot of uh, a, a lot of grief for that. But um, but yeah, I would say vision and, and puck handling, just finding open teammates, is probably my strength. Last year's game at Truist Field got a good crowd. I think it was twenty three hundred or so. The success from that kind of sparked the outdoor classic for the Charlotte Checkers. They're going to do the Queen City Outdoor Classic. What does it mean to you knowing you guys kind of paved the way for that major event in the city? That is just so cool to me. Like just thinking that we, you know, as college students and putting the event together, had like any impact on a big, like a major sports team, like really taking advantage of an opportunity like that. I think, I don't know, that, that's just so cool to think we made that impact, but I don't know. I mean, after playing that game, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, the, the stadium's nice. The checkers are right there. I mean, why not? Why not, you know? Last year, I think there was only like two weeks from the announcement to when it happened. It was a really quick turnaround for fans to find out about it. This year has been a little more advertised, a little bit more. So you expect a bigger crowd and better crowd this year? Absolutely, we do. Compared to last year where they had the field or they had the ice in the outfield, uh, they've moved into the infield this time, right in the middle of the diamonds, right where, you know, if you look up Winter Classic NHL, it's right there. You know what I mean? The whole stadium's open. We have concessions open. I, I'm i expecting a night to remember. Absolutely. Last time you guys had a tough loss. How do you hope to bounce back, and what do you hope to see from the team Friday? I touched on it earlier, but it's just being consistent about the level we play at. Whenever, even in that game uh, this past week, it was a rough loss, but like at times we were containing the zone for minutes at a time. It's just we got to find ways to convert and just have that level of uh, consistent dominant play throughout the course of the 60 minutes rather than just 30 minutes here and there. I think we could we bounce back by just having our passion for the game. You know, I, I'm from Connecticut. I'm not from North Carolina. My dad used to build a rink outside every winter. I'd go out there, and all I could dream about was playing in an outdoor game like this. And I feel like a games like this really bring the passion and the drive and just the pure love for the game that we have. You know, playing club hockey, you know, doing all that stuff, rinks 30 minutes away. I mean, sometimes you think to yourself, why the hell am I doing this? And then it's games like this, it's times like this, it's guys like Eric who you, you see in the locker room every time. You know, these are the games, these are the moments where you truly just find that love for the game. And I feel like 
when when our players get dressed in the clubhouse and we walk out for that tunnel and we see the fans and we see the stadium and we see the uptown, I mean, it's just all going to come flooding back. As upperclassmen, what does it mean to you getting a game like this and getting to really play for the city that your team is for? It is such a cool way to go. I'm a senior, so... Um, Again, freshman year, we didn't play any games or anything, so I've had two two full seasons with these guys, and uh, to sort of close it out almost, I mean, we only have four games spring semester, so I got five games left in. For one of those to be, you know, in front of all the fans, I'm going to have a ton of family and friends from, from back home there. It's going to be it's going to be really cool, and just to wrap up the semester going into Thanksgiving on a high note with, you know, such a great event, uh, I, I can't be more excited for it. After playing last year and seeing just how fun that was, I mean, doing this again is it's unbelievable. And, you know, Eric, all the work that he's put in, Hunter, our captain, all the work they've put in, just seeing that and then going out there and just getting to live it. I mean, it's just it's unreal. Last question for you guys. I ask everybody this. What does it mean to you to be a Charlotte 49er? What it means to be a Charlotte 49er, it just, it's just family. I mean, especially with the team. You know, it's it's family, and I feel like that's something that I think our school takes pride in in all levels, NCAA or club. You know, like you get a group of guys together or a group of girls, and you get a group of people together, and and you just just do it for each other. You know, I think that's one of the main things that has really picked up my school spirit and and just my commitment to the school is just you know doing it for them, doing it for everyone else, but yourself. I feel like that's. That's em- emphasized in this game. It's also something we talk a lot, a lot about before games and things like that. It's just having having pride in the school that you play for, having pride in the logo on your chest. Um, there's a lot of instances where we go up against club hockey programs that may have been around longer, or may have been more developed, but it's about having that, playing for that pride of your school and being able to to show that we're one of the best programs that, you know, in the conference, things like that, that's a big motivating factor for us. And it really, I mean, it helps out a ton. We may not have the biggest roster. We may not have the most resources, but we, uh, we make the most of it. And it, it's, all, it's all about having pride for that school that we play for. Once again, this is Eric Sheehan and Sean Roach joining us from the club hockey team. Thank you guys for coming out and talking about the game, and good luck on Friday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, thank you to Eric and Sean for coming on the podcast, talk about the game, and good luck on Friday night. We'll move into some local pro sports. Charlotte FC had some big news last week. Um, Billy, I know you did a weekly um, recap of them throughout their season. They fired their coach. Do you think that was the right decision to move on? What do you think went into that decision? Well, I think what went into that decision is that even though they did make the playoffs, I think that does show that the team is not content with just making the playoffs. They have higher hopes for the team than that. So I think they're looking for a guy that can build off of what this season had, making the playoffs as the last team, and then hopefully next year making the playoffs as a higher seed and possibly making a run. Yeah, this season I know one of their main issues was they give up goals really late that would either – keep them from winning the game or they end up ultimately losing because of that do you think that was a major factor do you blame that on the coaching staff when that happens yeah when it happens that much like as often as it did with charlotte fc it's most likely something with the tactics and what goes into like late game for them it's gonna be the team's third coach and going into their third season what do you hope to see in this new head coach that they hire 
obviously you hope to see him be here long term and build up success with the team and have a good core foundation of players. Uh, moving on to another team that plays locally, the Charlotte Hornets. They're three and seven on the year. What's gone wrong for them so far? They haven't been able to have people stay healthy with Terry Rozier, Brandon Miller, and Gordon Hayward all missing their in-season tournament game against the Miami Heat, where they eventually lost by six. So injuries are a huge reason why. And then also inconsistent play is another huge factor of what's went wrong this season. You look at the in-season tournament standings, they're only one and one. So they're not out of it. They got to hope for some Miami Heat losses, but... They have a chance they can bounce back these next next two games for that. And then you look at Mark Williams is a player I've found intriguing this season. Somewhat inconsistent. Like in the game against Washington, he comes out there, he puts 21 points, 24 rebounds, which rebounds was the tie for the third most in franchise history in a single game. He also had 15 offensive rebounds, which was the franchise record. But um, so you have a game like that, but then sometimes you see he'll go out there and not put up the numbers. What do you think needs to go right for him to become more of a consistent player? Well, I think that he does struggle with like other top-tier big men because you look at some of the games where he's put up not great performances, like when they just played Miami uh, against Bam Adebayo. He only had 11 points and 7 rebounds. When they played the Knicks against Mitchell Robinson, he had 10 points and 4 rebounds. And then early in the season, the second game, when they played the Pistons and Jalen Duren, he only had two points and three rebounds, and he got into foul trouble early in that game. Another event in Charlotte, because we've got enough sporting events to go around this week. Um, Charlotte Hornets are hosting the Milwaukee Bucks for an in-season tournament game, and one of their players has had some issues off the court. Miles Bridges comes back with a team that has this many devastating injuries right now. How big is it having him back on the floor, and what does he bring to the table? Well, it's big having him back because two of your main players that are out right now are in the same position as him, with Gordon Hayward and Brandon Miller both being out. So you had to start JT Thor and P.J. Washington as your forwards last game. So now going forward, you can start Miles Bridges in there and have JT Thor off the bench. And then eventually when Brandon Miller and Gordon Hayward come back, you just have that extra depth there. And then Miles Bridges also provides the scoring element that the Hornets are needing as he averaged 20 points per game in his last season with the team. You look at the Carolina Panthers. They've been had a rough season. They're one and eight at this point in the year. Last week they fell to the Bears on Thursday night football, 16 to 13. And in that game, one of their former players from last year, Deontay Foreman, ran for 80 yards and had the his team's only touchdown. What needs to go right? What do they need to do the rest of the season to find success and build off of build for the future? I don't know how much they can do this season to do that because they have had injuries on the O-line with Brady Christensen not playing at all this season. So the O-line has struggled. And then the wide receivers haven't gotten much separation. So Bryce Young has struggled because he hasn't had a ton of time to throw and hasn't had much separation in his receiver with his receivers. So that's not really a problem that can be fixed easily in season. That's probably more of an off-season adjustment, like personnel-wise, scheme-wise, and what can they fix going into next year. Has Bryce Young concerned you this season, the way he's been playing? I know the offensive line hasn't been great, but sometimes it feels like he holds the ball a little too long anyways. Are you concerned that they made the wrong choice there? 
I mean, I'm not concerned. Obviously, C.J. Stroud is playing very well, who would have been the other option, who went number two overall. But I'm not going to completely write off Bryce Young because, obviously, like you said, the O-line has had injuries. And like I was saying, the receivers are not getting a ton of separation, and that is not very helpful to a rookie quarterback whenever you then also don't have much time to throw. I think I agree. It's a little too early to tell. He's just a rookie, but they don't have their first-round pick next year, so how they build around in the offseason. What do you hope for them to add and how they manage that without the number one overall pick? Well, hopefully their O-line can get healthy and play better that next year than it has this year so far. And then with the draft, this is a pretty deep class for wide receivers coming up. So having that pick in the second round should still be able to add an impact player. So even without what will end up being a high pick for their first-round pick, that being in Chicago, their second-round pick should still be able to be an impact player for the team next year and hopefully help Bryce Young and the offense find success. Looking into this weekend, they host the Cowboys. Cowboys coming off a great win. But um, what would be a positive for the Panthers? Maybe they could they catch the Cowboys off guard coming off such a monstrous win and when they're probably looking ahead to their Thanksgiving game against the Washington Commanders? I don't know if they could catch them off guard. Maybe they could keep it closer than the Cowboys would like it to be because the Cowboys, again, like you said, a huge win over the Giants, 49-17. to So very explosive offense that the Cowboys have. If the Panthers' defense could limit that and then maybe get a couple big plays against the Cowboys' defense who don't have one of their star players, Trayvon Diggs, then maybe they could keep it close – what stat line do you want to see from Bryce Young this week? What would make you feel more positive moving forward from him? I would like to see him not turn the ball over, as he has in a few games this year so far. I believe he has seven interceptions on the season. If he could improve efficiency-wise in the yards per attempt area, I believe he had around five yards per attempt last game, which is not ideal. If he could improve that and not turn the ball over and maybe have a touchdown or two against the Cowboys, I think that would be a big performance for him. A lot of big events going on in Charlotte between the hockey game, Charlotte's last football game, the Cowboys are coming to town to close out the week before the week of Thanksgiving. So that's all we got for you guys. Um, thank you for listening. Um, Billy, thanks for coming on again today. Thank you for having me. I'm um, looking forward to a very special Thanksgiving episode next week. And thanks again for listening. <laughs>